Hello and welcome to the Categorically Romance podcast. I'm Aaron. And I am Bree. And today we have returning to the podcast with us, author Karen Booth. Welcome back to the podcast. Yay! Thanks, guys. I'm excited to be here again. We always love having you. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, and thanks for coming back so that so that I could get a chance to talk to you too. So. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah. We're not here last time. <laughs> yeah. Well, what is your most embarrassing reaction to receiving a gift? You know, I had to think about this for a while. I think uh, crying. <laughs> <laughs> but mostly just like that moment when you're so overcome with emotion because someone gave you something that's just so meaningful. Um, oh, good crying. Okay. Oh, good yeah. crying. Not yeah. bad. Crying. Not bad <laughs> crying. You guys, I, I'm. I have to make a confession. Like I have wanted to cry these past few years on like my birthday and Christmas because I'm like I feel like the people closest to me don't know me at all, and I'm. I feel like I'm such a simple person, but I will get these gifts, and I'm like. What made you think I wanted this? Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know? That's not a fun feeling. That's yes. not a fun feeling. What's your go-to winter cocktail or drink? All right. So this is going to make me sound like an old lady, but my next-door neighbor, our next-door neighbors, we hang out with them a lot. And uh, David, uh, the husband, he makes Brandy Alexander's at Christmas. And okay. they are the most like caloric indulgence you could imagine because it's brandy and like heavy cream and and but it is so delicious so but yeah i guess i would have to say that it does definitely gets me in the christmas spirit a brandy alexander that's what it's called yes a brandy alexander i think it's i mean i think it's from like the 40s oh it sounds so delightful it is it is very delightful (laughs) have you ever roasted chestnuts on an open fire i have not but i am willing to learn someone wants to teach me can't be that hard, can it? Right. <laughs> I see chestnuts in the store, especially around the holidays, and I always think to myself, I don't know what to do with those. But I don't, honestly, I don't even know if I've ever eaten a chestnut. But um, well, if anyone's listening and they've actually done it, hit us up. Because, yes, tell us all about it. I mean, we all know the song, but has anyone actually, actually done, done it? Done is it, the question. Right. Yes. <laughs> well, okay, we're talking about your book today, A Christmas Rendezvous, that came out in 2019. And I mean, we want to hear the inspiration and everything about it, but there is something happening with this book. So will you tell us about that? I will. I will. So Harlequin came to me, um, I don't know, a few months ago and said that they wanted to re-release the book. Um, and which which is exciting. They do this every now and then. Um, they did it, uh, one of JC Lee's Desire series, they put new covers on and they um, gave it new type, you know, gave them new titles. And um, so yeah, so they just came to me and said, let's give this book another go. We're going to give it a different title. Uh, so it's called The Christmas Negotiation. And they gave it a cute uh, illustrated cover and um, kind of playing up the, you know, it's set in New York at the holidays, which is a pretty special thing. And it's a story about two lawyers who are in negotiation um literally up until christmas um so it all kind of worked and um it has a little bit of a lighter tone than some of my desires not that i write particularly heavy books but um you know it's fun it has a cute it has a good meat cute and uh yeah so that's it so it comes out december 5th 
Okay. Yeah, I, I wrote on Goodreads. I was like, this book is fire. <laughs> so dope. Oh my God. Yeah, it's so good. Oh, thank you. It was okay, really, so really they're good. doing like they're so it'll be re-released by it's not gonna be one of those like uh, collectors books or whatever they call it, where it's like two books in one. Like it'll be released kind of like a standalone and like well, a new cover it, and everything. But the new cover, yes, but this is just digital. They're not gonna do print just because right now with all the supply chain stuff trying to kind of you would have to plan this out a year ago um to actually get it printed and into stores and all of that so it's hard for them to funnel um something new uh into that system but um so it'll just be digital this is so cool yeah it is very cool it's like one of your babies from the you know back (laughs) of the shelf getting new life yeah absolutely absolutely yeah, I don't know if you and Bree talked about it before I uh, I jumped on, but we were talking offline about did did we get the right book? Did, oh, did yeah, you, yeah, yeah. Did you we get know a different you a new book, book coming yeah. out? <laughs> right. <laughs> it is confusing. Yeah, it is confusing. No, and then we were both kind of excited for a minute because we're like, is Desire going back to the old red covers? Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, I know. <laughs> I do love the red. I do love the red. I, no, I was yeah. I was surprised. I went to my bookshelf and I was like, oh, wait, I actually still have copies of the original book. Not a lot, but I had a few. So, Well, thank you for saying that. You're welcome. Yeah, You're very you. welcome. So, I mean, the book did come out in 2019, but do you remember where the inspiration for the story came from? Well, so it's, you know, it's book four in a series called The Eden Empire, and although it can totally be read as a standalone, and actually when I planned the series, I did not plan book four. Um, book four just came about because um, Isabel, the heroine, um, was in previous book. Uh, her brother, Sam, is the hero in the third book of the series. And um, oh, Sam I don't know, and I, Mindy. Just, I, I just liked her a lot. And um and I loved Sam and readers really loved Sam. And so I was like, okay, well, this kind of gives me a way to put him more of him in another book. He's not in it that much, but he's in it a little. Um, but um, yeah, so I already had the New York setting because the, the Eden Empire, basically, it's the premise is that there's this massive department store in Manhattan called Eden's, kind of like Macy's. And um, it was owned by this family matriarch, and she was way ahead of her time and very fashionable. And um, she at one point had a whole chain of department stores. And then over the years, they closed. And um, so when the series takes place, there's only the one original location in Manhattan. But it's massive. It's worth all this money. And um, two sisters, Sophie and Mindy Eden, uh, inherit the store. And Sophie, who is like total sap, a hopeless romantic, um, just loves the idea of running the store. And Mindy is like, no way. I do not want any part of this. Um, So that's, you know, sort of the genesis of the series. Um, And then, yeah, like I said, book four just came along because Isabel was in the other books and I really liked her. Readers seemed to like her. And, um, but, you know, it's hard when you have a secondary character and you only get to write a little bit of them. You know, there's that urge to kind of flesh out their character and find out more. Um, so that's where it came from. Yeah. Yeah. As I was reading through it, I was, it, it did feel like uh, it could be a standalone, but 
I kept getting these these little hints like Sam and Mindy and then Sophie. Right. I'm like, yes. oh, uh, and there wasn't really much mention of uh, Sophie having a partner. So it's was, was like, oh, is this in the middle of a series? And it and it wasn't until I finished the book that I I went yeah. and, and looked up the the series orders. Like, oh, this one's right at the end. Right, nope. right. And this series it starts with Christmas and ends with Christmas because the first book is a Christmas Temptation. Um, which, uh, it's funny. I, I, for readers, I love it. And just in terms of, especially if you like holiday romance, it's kind of fun to, cause it's just basically the series takes place over a year, one Christmas to the next Christmas. Um, but, uh, as a practical thing for a writer, it was not the best idea for me to do that only because, you know, you, it's hard to put out a Christmas book in July. So you don't, even though people like to talk about Christmas in July. And so that did kind of space out the books a little bit more than maybe I would have wanted, but it all worked out. So when they do these like re-releases, like do they, I mean, for you as an author, I know it's just got to be exciting to like give it, you know, new life, introduce it to potentially new readers, but do they give you like any rhyme or reason? Like why did they choose this book specifically from the series? Like, are they looking for something specific or, you know, is that a question they even answer? I think part of it, they did really like, the meat cute in the book. Um, oh yeah, that and, is fire. <laughs> we have to talk and, about the meat uh, cute. Yeah, I mean, basically, you know, Isabel's just moved to New York from DC. Her brother lives there, um, and Eden's department store is under siege. There, there's this guy who's making legal threats against the store, and uh, so Sam, you know, his fiance Mindy is one of the co-owners of the store, and. She wants help and, you know, the the legal department at the store is kind of old and feeble and she wants someone who's going to fight for her family and fight for the store. And um, so Isabella has reluctantly taken this job. So she's in New York. She's living in a hotel while she finds an apartment and the fire alarm goes off um, right after she's gone to bed. So she's wearing her her silk charmeuse pajamas um of course and uh and the eye covers and the eye covers and she has to trudge downstairs and and this is something that's been going on it goes it's a theme throughout the book with the uh, fire alarm and she goes downstairs and it's december in new york and she has to go out onto the sidewalk and uh that's when she meets jeremy the hero they have a very fun flirtatious back and forth and uh then he invites when once they get the all clear and can go back in the hotel he invites her for a drink and so she goes for a drink in her pajamas and i just love that about her i love that she was like oh screw it i'll just wear my pajamas to the hotel bar and to have a cocktail with this man i don't know this book is like so sleek and sexy like aaron and i were we were chatting about it yesterday and i mean you use descriptions in like the right moments and like you'll throw in these really like simple but sexy one-liners like she's he asks her to have a drink with him or something and she's like hesitant he's just like I don't like to drink alone and I was like "Ooh, Jeremy (laughs) (laughs) like this should not get me but it totally got me (laughs) Uh well but that's you know that's sort of what you strive for it doesn't always happen but there's nothing better than the very simple one line you know that makes you say, oh, yeah, I can't say no to this. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, in the beginning of the book, our main characters shared three things they believe in. Will you share three things you believe in? So I had to think about this. <laughs> Honestly, a lot of the Isabel's three things, um, and of course, I don't 
I, I did go back and skim the book before we did this only because, you know, I've written quite a few since then. (laughs) 15 books since then, maybe. So I seem to remember she had something in there about how a nap could fix most problems. I totally am on board with that. Honestly, even if I don't have a problem, I still want a nap. I believe in that for sure. Yeah, I would just say a nap is the best thing ever. Um, You should drink your coffee the way you like it. (laughs) (laughs) Don't, Don't feel any shame over your pumpkin spice latte or your mochaccino mint chip whatever you should drink your coffee the way you like it and um uh ooh, the third one is hard um i guess you know what no matter how old your kids are you should still love on them even if they don't necessarily want it you yeah. should still love on them yeah, absolutely. Well, you mentioned part of the meet cute is uh, Isabel and Jeremy meeting and she's in pajamas mm-hmm. having a drink due to mm-hmm. the annoying fire alarm. So where would your perfect date night out in pajamas be? It would be on my couch with my husband <laughs> drinking Brandy Alexander. Drinking watching, Brandy Alexander. Watching like the Mindy Project or something, um, which we are rewatching and I just, I mean, I remembered how funny that series was, but we're rewatching it now and it's just so hilarious and charming and sweet and funny and just everything. Anyway, that would be my perfect, my perfect pajama date. Well, chapter two is completely hot and intense with a closing of the chapter we didn't see coming. Take us back if you can to writing that scene because so many important things happen in this one chapter. The big about writing category romance because you have a limited number of words is that well I this is just something I've learned over several many books is that kind of front loading the conflict is better than I mean you're going to add complications along the way but just kind of layering (laughs) just kind of hit the reader in the face with a whole mess of problems or potential problems um I think is good. And, um, you know, I, I did like the way Isabel and Jeremy both have, they have competing wants. Um, you know, she really wants to, you know, find her soulmate. She wants to get married. She wants to have kids. She's, you know, spent, she's been a lawyer in DC and like doing all this. She's gotten pulled into this sort of fixer mode. Um, where she's worked for a lot of, you know, rich and powerful people. She felt very Olivia Pope-ish. She felt like Olivia Pope. Yeah, yeah. She's just tired of doing dirty work and she wants to do something more meaningful, but, you know, it's kind of sucked her soul dry. And she she recognizes that, which I think is great. But Jeremy, you know, doesn't want any of those things. So, you know, those, you know, competing wants are important, but I also think they both have a lot of... um, misconceptions about each other you know he thinks of her as a shark when she's really not and um I loved that I loved that like you know he kind of views her even his father kind of views her like oh we have to get her off of this case like I was like she is a boss right right (laughs) she's just chilling over here enjoying Christmas and playing with cats (laughs) right exactly exactly (laughs) well I mean but I love that too because you just think about you know, we all have perceptions and impressions of people we don't know, and especially people who are powerful. But there's got to be a real human in there somewhere, for in most instances, I would hope. So I do like the idea of, you know, people kind of fearing her because she is such a BA when it comes to her job. But um, 
that she really is just a very normal, you know, loving, caring, sweet person. Well, I mean, you really, gosh, I I feel like I'm still mentally transported to the holidays in New York City. I just, and I, I mean, I love a good small town Christmas, but there's just something special about Christmas in the big city. Um, So talk about writing, you know, the holiday, the story set during the holidays, if there's any, you know, hard parts about setting a story during the holidays, like give us all the holiday romance writing details from your experience. In general, I love it um, because I just really love Christmas. Um, So, you know, and usually I'm not writing the book at Christmas. So it's like I get to visit the holiday spirit at a time of the year where, you know, it might be February or whatever. Um, I would say it's mostly just you have to be sure that there are those Christmassy details in there, you know, because you do want people to feel like this is... It's got to have coziness. Like even in set in New York, it's got to have this like cozy hug of a feel because it should, I feel like holiday romances need to have that kind of next level of um, transporting you and capturing. Cause you know, there are always those years where like you get in the holiday spirit or you don't, and it's kind of elusive when you don't and it's frustrating. Um, so yeah, trying to capture that. It's, it's hard, but, you know, it's a good challenge and it's a fun one. I like chasing after it, but um, it does take some work. You kind of have to go back in and layer in little details and make sure that you're addressing, you know, all the senses, smell and taste and all those things. And like, how do you do that when you have, like when you're writing category and you have the word count and so much matters? I mean, but I, I don't know. I still, there were just so many scenes where I'm like, I'm, I'm totally getting this. Like. Mm-hmm. Even when you would like describe his depart his apartment and like the furniture, mm-hmm. I was like, I can physically see this, and I know she only has so many words that she can do, but right. she found a way to slide this in. So, can you talk about that? I, I again, it's just about maximizing words, and and I'm description is actually the thing that I dread the most <laughs> when writing. Like, if it was just up to me, I would just write dialogue. Um, <laughs> I would just, you know, put two people in a room and have them argue for a really long time and then, and then have them start kissing. But um, Love it. So, uh, yeah, I mean, really, it, it is just about, um, you know, trying to draw, paint the picture in my head, try to see it. I do use Pinterest a fair amount. Like, I create boards for every single book, um, especially because sometimes... I have to juggle books, you know, move back and forth and trying to kind of drop yourself back into a story is difficult. Um, but uh, I mostly just try to, because I don't do a lot of, dis- I'm not heavy with description. I just try to kind of use high impact words and, and you know, sort of sketch in the scene. I do think readers like to fill in some blanks on their own. Do you think? Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah, I absolutely do. Yeah. So I don't like to be too heavy handed with it. Um, just enough to kind of, you know, sketch it in. And then I think as readers go through a chapter or whatever, they fill in the blanks for themselves. Well, several times in the book, Jeremy, our hero, gets outlawed by Isabel. And instead of getting angry, he gets turned on. Yes. (laughs) How did you come up with this lovable part of his character? Well, okay. So first off, I just love a hero who will very willingly set aside his ego because I get very frustrated with uh, heroes who are not, and honestly, heroines too. I don't know. I just thought it, first off, it showed how much he loved the art of his job. 
So he yeah. loved the art of the argument and um, the kind of relentless nature of it. And he just, so for him, it was like just added this whole dimension of her, you know, being an incredibly irresistible woman. It was just that she was not only physically beautiful, but she was brilliant and she was just, you know, really good at her job. And I just think it was for him, he had nothing but admiration for it, even when he was on the receiving end of it, which was a lot. Yeah, like, um, again, Aaron and I were chatting about this yesterday. Like, I feel like you played with tropes so much in this book because they should have been rivals to lovers. Right. But in, in, in a way, it's like they met, they hooked up, and then you put them in the situation where they really are rivals, but they don't mm -hmm. hate each other. <laughs> right, 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 right. Now, well, I, I mean, yeah, I like the tension of them having to compete against each other, especially knowing that underlying all of that is their, you know, conflicting, you know, wants in their lives, um, you know, wondering how do they find a happy um, middle ground, I guess, you know, could they? Could they find that? Um, but yeah, no, I mean, I yeah, so just <laughs> sort of lovers to rivals to friends <laughs> to love to lovers. Um, but yeah, I like that. I mean, I love rivals to lovers. Like that's partly just because I like writing arguments. <laughs> I have a hard time with enemies to lovers, although I've written it. Um, partly it just I don't have a vindictive bone in my body, so it's hard for me to embrace the idea of someone else being vindictive or truly having an enemy um but anyway i i like i like messing with tropes it's fun yeah well you recently posted an instagram photo of flowers you see, received from harlequin for hitting the 25 books published with them milestone so few backlist questions tell us a personal favorite book of yours in your backlist? Um, it's it's hard. It's really hard. I love, actually, I love the first book in the Eden Empire series, Christmas Temptation, partly because um, it has the trope of, um, you know, someone's had a long crush on someone. And uh, it, in that book, it's sort of backstory. You know, the hero and heroine um, went to um, school together, went to college together, and they were, she just had a massive crush on him for all of it. And then one night, they drink too much and they sleep together. And she thinks, oh my God, this is the start of something amazing. And he's like, oh, I totally messed up our friendship. And so he calls it off. And then they don't really ever, they don't see each other for like six years. And um, so I just, I love that book because you could feel the longing in her for him. Like you could really, and it was just this like deep, deep, you know, it went way beyond lust or anything like that. It just was this very like kind of heartbreaking longing for him. And I, and I, I like writing that. So I would say um, A Christmas Temptation. What's a backlist book where the plot or the characters came to you easier than most? Almost no books come, <laughs> come easy. I would say, so um, my, the second book I wrote for Desire, um, Pregnant by the Rival CEO, that was one of those books I worked so hard on that book. And when I turned it in, I thought, oh my God, this thing is a total disaster. Um, and then... I got my edits back and there were like, literally I think there were like 15 
comments. Most edits, you get like 150. Um, and uh, I realized, so it was, it was only after the fact that I realized, A, how hard I had worked, but also how well the story came together in so many little ways. Um, and, and that book also has a lot of good, like one line, you know, moments where, you know, a character says one thing, and it just completely shuts down everything. Like, yeah. okay, <laughs> this is, you know, everything that's been going on, we're now, you know, taking a 90 degree turn because um, you're right, you know. And uh, so I would say that book, um, it's not that it came easy, but it definitely came together in a way that you strive for so many books and you just don't necessarily get there every single time. Um, but yeah, just on many different levels, that book came together in a way that I'm proud of. Well, has there been a book in your backlist that you were a little nervous about releasing? Oh, pretty much every book. Um, <laughs> I would say the first time I wrote a Texas Cattleman's Club book, um, because I hadn't written Cowboys, I hadn't written in that series, and it's such a long-running series, I was definitely worried about messing it up. Um, I'm like, what was that book called? It was called uh, Secret Twins for the Texan. That was my first Texas Cattleman's Club book. So I was definitely, I was really nervous about that. Just did I get it right? Um, it was, it was hard. Plus, you know, secret twins are hard. I haven't written a lot of secret babies. And uh, this was one where she kept those twins away from him for five years. Yeah. And that's a plot detail that Harlequin gave to me and said, here, make it work. <laughs> Thanks, so, guys. Okay. Yeah. Uh, thank you. And, you know, a lot of readers don't like that trope. Or if they do, there has to be a really good reason why you would keep a child a secret. So, um, yeah, I was just nervous about pulling that off. But um, I think I did okay. Well, for any aspiring writers who may be listening right now, what advice would you give them? I think it's the same advice I give to my friends and to myself, which is that especially if you're trying to get published, stay published, um, all of those things, you know, there's so much in the publishing industry that you cannot control. Um, so I always just, when I get to those moments where I doubt myself or question what I'm doing or, you know, wonder if this is worth it. Um, I always just try to return to the work because it's the one thing that I can control. And so I feel like, especially when you're starting, the more time you can spend just you and your words um, it, it all pays dividends, um, because it's those little, you know, it's a step forward every time you sit down and open a manuscript and work on it a little bit. And, um, you know, being a writer is all about a million little steps. Sounds terrible, but it's true. It's true. I mean, you know, I look back at my brother, when I posted those photos the, of the flowers that Harlequin gave me after I published my 25th book with them, my brother texted me and he said, you know, it's like, I can't even believe that you wrote 25 books. How did you do it? And um, I was just like, I, I have no idea. <laughs> I just showed up. <laughs> I showed up. I yeah. showed up and I, you know, did the work. And so I do think it is as simple as that, that you just have to keep showing up, you know, and show up for yourself. Don't, don't show up because, um, you know, you think it's what a publisher wants or, I mean, those are, you know, business decisions, but ultimately 
the more you can just make it about you and your words, the, I think the happier you'll be. Well, this December, we are also getting a new desire from you, Rancher After Midnight. Yes. Please tell us everything you can about the book. So that book is also Texas Cattlemen's Club book. That comes out December 27th. So I have two books out in December. Um, it is book nine of nine in the Ranchers and Rivals series. And for the first eight books in the series, everyone in the town of Royal Texas hates my hero. <laughs> oh, gosh. No. You got that guy. I got that guy. I got Heath. Um, it's kind of a Beauty and the Beast vibe um, because everyone does hate him so much and he's so focused on this one thing. I mean, and there's basically, you know, he lost his, his mom and his sister in a car accident. And after they passed away, he discovered that his mom had been given this deed to oil rights. And so the whole eight books, he's chasing these oil rights. Um, and everyone thinks he's greedy and, you know, trying to claim them is going to involve um, digging up the property of these two kind of longtime royal families, you know, families who have been there for generations, who have these massive ranches, who are just completely, you know, steeped in tradition in royal Texas. And um, so, of course, everyone's up in arms that he wants to go and tear up their property and try to find the oil. And he, they think he's greedy. And um, so, yeah. And then my heroine is a, an oil surveyor. Which is uh, not a profession I ever thought I would write, but she, um, so she's the beauty in the Beauty and the Beast, and she's a very um, kind of quiet, unassuming person, but she's also pretty fiery. And um, I liked just the way these two kind of brought, they're both very insular people. Um, and they're both kind of playing things close to the vest. And I liked the the way that they brought out the best and at times the worst of each other. Um, but we get a little snowed in in Royal Texas. Oh, okay. Which was interesting. Um, that was something Harlequin wanted. So I gave it to them. I mean, the last um, time we had snow in Texas, we went without power. So I right. yeah. am excited yeah. to see. <laughs> it's not out of the realm of possibility these days. I, I just really would like some snow. So I right. will be there. Okay. I'm okay, signing well, up for it this. Happen it happens in this book. Um, and uh, yeah. So it's a fun book. It's very sweet. It has horses in it. Um, lots of horses. Yeah. I don't know. I just, I really like. The love story. Ruby Rose is the heroine. And, you know, I do like reforming a character. So Heath definitely needs reforming. Um, he has a twin brother. So that is also a fun storyline just because, um, you know, his brother can, Nolan can let things go and Heath cannot let things go. And I liked um, kind of the push and pull of that because everyone's trying to tell him to let it go and he can't let it go. And um, yeah, so getting him to his happy ending was not very easy, but it, um, I think it's a good journey for the readers. And then, and you know, of course, it, I had to tie up all the little loose ends from the whole um, Oh my gosh, the series. whole series. Yeah. yeah. So it's definitely, it's a daunting task um, <laughs> when they ask you to do that. Um, but I, th I think I pulled it off. I think, I think it's good. It's a good book. I'm really happy about it. So we can't wait. I know. I know. Thank you. Well, lastly, where can everyone keep up with you online? The easiest way is just to go to my website, karenbooth.net. And, um, cause then that's got links to my Instagram and Facebook and Twitter. 
I'm not on Twitter a lot. Um, I mean, I am on Twitter a lot, but I'm mostly just like retweeting stuff. I don't, I don't tweet that much. Um, I am on Instagram a fair amount. You know, it's funny. The beginning of this year, I had all of these books that came out. I had a release in January, April, May, and June. And so I was so on top of it with social media. Like I was posting all the time. And then <laughs> June happened. <laughs> um, and I don't have another book until December. So it was like, I just, I think I had burned myself out on social media. But if you go to my website, you can find, I have, there's a reading list there. There's, um, you know, a list of all the books. If you look at the, the downloadable reading list, it has all the tropes of every single book and sort of um, reading order of each individual series. And then, um, and then, yeah, you can find all my social media there as well. 